Heroes Not Included is a serialized story podcast featuring actual play of Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition from Wizards of the Coast. Wizards of the Coast own their respective trademarks, copyrights, and related materials. A special thanks to all the great people at Wizards of the Coast for all their hard work creating wonderful games for us to play. Previously on Heroes Not Included. The Inspector Broxley Fairkettle comes over and we have a chat about guilds and what we need to do to repair the house. Basically, we talk to all of the people in all of the guilds and figure out what needs to get done. And when it comes down to money, we need 250 gold pieces up front and 1,000 over the next week or so or I think it's a fortnight so we do what we can to raise the 250 Brick does a great job without Pandy's help (laughs) Um, I do my best to do some performances Um, and then there's just a lot of the necessary we meet with all the guilds people the meat the tap people what kind of alcohol are you going to sell? And all exactly. That we that take that. care yeah. of business a little yep. bit. You get everything kind of... And we learn a little bit more about the poltergeist. He's the previous barkeep. His name is Leaf. Yeah, that's it. We basically have left off to where we need to make a thousand gold pieces to get this place up and running. Heroes not included. Well, good summary. Great mm-hmm. job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, if you aren't starting with inspiration, go ahead and start with inspiration. I think I actually am. So you can choose a person to give it to. I'll start with. I'll give it to Gunesh because you not, you were my helpful buddy. I was the note taker. Yes, indeed. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yes. Thank you for taking those notes. <clears throat> so we're gonna fast forward a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Over the course of those couple weeks, a variety of guildsmen have uh, shown up to take care of repairing the building. And since you decided that it was you were going to live in it and then just operate as a tavern, you didn't have to worry so much about making sure all the rooms are you know fit for customers. Instead, it, the renovations kind of focused on the tavern and they focused on your living areas. And you know, a thousand gold pieces doesn't go as far as you would like, but it goes far enough. All these guilds come, they get everything repaired and up and running. And uh, as soon as you're open for business, people start start stopping by and, you know, people order from food and, you know, you've hired a bartender and a cook and, uh, you know, some wait staff to make sure that, you know, you all are not running around having to do all of this kind of thing. And over the past couple weeks, uh, the tavern is making enough to cover its own maintenance cost. So you're not making any money, but you're not losing any. We're breaking even. You're breaking even. When you take in the price of main, the cost of maintenance, the cost of the wages for the people you've hired, mm-hmm. the cost of you know maintaining the food and all the liquor and you know all that sort of stuff, you're breaking even. Uh, Leaf has actually proven to be quite a um, helpful partner. You can oftentimes find him at night sweeping up the tap room or um, putting dishes away or washing dishes or, uh, you know, if uh, the bartender is in need 
of uh, a drink, and it's on the other side of the bar. Sometimes a shot glass filled with a particular liquor goes sliding across to him that he can then (laughs) distribute accordingly. And this odd, peculiar sort of experience is uh, starting to draw some attention, and, and you're noticing that the tavern is slowly starting to pick up in terms of business. Word is getting around that, you know, there's this this bar where a ghost works. And so everyone wants to go to the bar where the ghost works. So, business is, it's not great. You know, like I said, you're just breaking even, but you're breaking even, and that's pretty good for the first few months. So you all feel pretty good about that. Um, it's been pretty much business as usual over the last couple of weeks. Each of you have kind of been attending to your own responsibilities, coming and going. Uh, having all kind of moved into this new location. You've gotten a chance to get to know a little bit better some of the people who reside around you and some of the businesses that operate around you after that very first day of kind of walking around and exploring. And uh, a few of uh, the things that you've learned is that the Bent Nail, which essentially specializes in making ornate wooden furniture as well as some bows and crossbows, is operated by a half-elf carpenter named Tally Fellbranch. Tally also, on the side, makes wooden shields and swords, which are a big hit with a lot of the children in the neighborhood. It's not uncommon to see them running along, smacking each other uh, with wooden swords or uh, attempting to defend from the smack with wooden shields. (laughs) Um, Yo, kids. Also, you learn that the steam and steel, which during the daylight hours, you know, smoke and steam billows out of the many windows and specializes in metal weapons, armor, and tools. And it is run by a unique couple, a fire genesee named Embrick and a water genesee named Avi. Embrick, he is the weaponsmith, and Avi he uses his uh, magic to not only quench the hot steel, but also is the armor smith. Cute. Yes. So the two together have steam and steel, and they run a little shop, and occasionally the two guys come in and they'll uh, sit down and they'll have had dinner or enjoyed a few beverages at the tavern. They are definitely opposites, and the idea of opposites attract really is lived large in their life. You've noticed when they're in the tavern or even when you've stopped by the shop that Embrick tends to be a lot of bluster and fiery temper and Avi tends to be sort of wishy-washy and kind of tends to go with the flow and it's tough to pin Avi down to details on on things, but uh, they are a colorful couple nonetheless. Corillion's crown is run by an elf named Fala and uh, the elf does not identify as being a, a man or a woman. What's their name? Fala. Fala? Fala makes a polite requests whenever they are misgendered to state that their preferred pronoun is they. They are known for their greenhouse, which sits on top of their building. And Fala is uh, the local apothecary and uh, also uh, knows medicine. So it's not uncommon to see uh, people in the neighborhood go to Fala's to pick up medicines and potions and what have you. Or if they're feeling a little under the weather or maybe something's not quite right, 
to go see if Fala has a cure. In fact, in the neighborhood, if you're feeling ill, it's not uncommon to hear people say, better see Fala. The strange looking shop with the tiger's eye is actually run by a human detective named Vincent Trench. And Vincent oftentimes finds himself employed in tracking down adulterers or tracking down lost deeds or wills. Or so I know of this person. Yeah, kind of a private investigator. You know, kind of think a little bit, uh, you know, think a little bit of 1920s noir. Yes, Ganesh, you definitely know him. Anytime that he sees you, he always refers to you as constable, which is your technical rank in the City Watch. We say Vincent French or Vincent Trench? Vincent Trench. Like the coat that he probably wears. <laughs> he always smokes a slim pipe. He's always dressed very sharply, and he speaks very concisely. The few times he's been into the tavern, uh, there's not a lot of conversation to be had. He orders his drink, he sits down, he always sits with his back to the windows, and he watches, and that's what he does. Smokes his little thin pipe, and then he leaves. I'm not super fond of a guy. Are most of our are most of our neighbors regulars? Well, not regulars, but they come in. You're starting to see people come in, and you you are starting to see a few regulars. Uh, some of the people who work with Ganesh do stop by, and some of the local shopkeeps they definitely come by uh, once in a while. Are there other taverns on the block? So, uh, there is another tavern, but it's not on the block. Okay. It's far enough away that you don't think it'll be any competition. Um, but the tavern's name... <laughs> That's what I was going to ask. I'm like, do we need to worry about Do we need to Care start... Wars. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Get into some bar wars. <laughs> <laughs> there is a pub a few blocks over, and okay. it's called Friends Brews. And it's run by uh, it's hey. run by a human, rather salty fella named Emic Friend, F R E W N Emic Friend. And you've only heard stories and you've not met uh, Emric, okay. but you know that his reputation precedes him. We know of his un- unfortunate existence. Yes, and I'm not bothered. I feel bad for the guy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've got a ghost. How do you compete with that? Yeah, yeah that's true. True. The last person that you've met and that has been coming into the shop is uh, the person who runs the Bookworm's Treasure. And and they started coming into the shop mainly because Pandy couldn't resist a bookstore. Mm-hmm. That was the bookstore with the golden line curled up around a treasure hold of books on the sign. Mm-hmm. And it's run by a half-elf named Rishal. And... Pandy, you've learned that Rashal not only happens to be a mage, but is also a member in good standing of the Watchful Order of Mages and Protectors. Oh, so a compatriot. Mm. And it is not uncommon to find Rashal spending time each night with a book in hand in the corner of the taproom. I probably hang out with Rashal in, in those Rishal situations. Rashal might be so. one of your, like, getting to be a pretty good friend. Yeah. I need you've to tell a lot you all. In that the acronym for your organization is WUMAP. WUMAP. <laughs> yeah, you're part of WUMAP. Yeah. I always like to think of it as a WOMP. WOMP? WOMP. Like he got WOMPed over the head by magic. <laughs> Watchful order of mages and protectors. WOMPers. All right. So that's some of the individuals who live in your neighborhood, and they've um, had the opportunity to come by and try your food. 
anyway, the Troll Skull Tavern is starting to take off. And like I said, it's been a couple weeks when we pick up our story. Okay. It's in the evening. You all have returned from your tasks for the day. And as has become your custom, you all tend to dine at one specific table down in the tap room. And you are all at the table when one of the wait staff come on over to you. What's their name? Genevieve Thorne. Brandy. <laughs> Genevieve what? Brandy. Brandy. Genevieve Brandy. Genevieve Brandy. Sounds like Genevieve Brandy is a half is a halfling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah oh, totally. good company. All right. She's yeah. Always good to have. Always good to employ halflings in, in yeah. the hospitality business. Genevieve Brandy. Okay. Yeah, right. We call her Jenny. Jenny. Yes. We're All right. Is Jenny from the block? <laughs> yes. <laughs> She's from our block. Okay. <laughs> she can walk to work. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <Anyways>. So. <laughs> Jenny Brandy comes up. Yes. Uh, what, a, what a name. What a name. Hi, Jenny. What a name. How you doing? So Jenny walks up and, and, and she says, uh, Eddie, uh, Pandy, uh, there's a gentleman uh, over in the corner who says he'd like to speak to you. What's his name? He says his name is Mert. Mert. That's strange. Did he tell you about what? No. I, I can't say that I can't say so. And as you kind of look over in the corner, you see he kind of nods at the both of you. And uh, this is what Mert looks like. Mm. He is like kind of he he's a, a, a hus, husky, a, a horse stout, big yeah. ha- handlebar mustached, rosy cheeks, dressed in green velvets and fur. He's like a big Augie. Kind of. I like him. I think he's got a good vibe. But he kind of nods at the two of you. He wants to speak to me as well. That, uh, that, that's, that's what he said. You better handle this. You're better with people than I am. He asked for both of you. Just come, you I'll don't, come along. you don't have to say anything. Don't worry about it. I, I zipper my mouth shut. Perfect. As they leave the table, I lean over to Brick and go, yeah, I just kind of wanted to see how that would go down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you make your way over, and he sets... As you make your way over to the table and you sit down, he says, Oh, it's nice to meet both of you. My name is Mert. Hi there, Mert. Hello. This is uh, special delivery. And he places a folded paper bird on the table, like origami. And he gets up and he says, You both have a good evening. Thank you very much, Mert. Before you head out, tell me a little bit about yourself. Good evening. But you're just going to give us the bird and leave. And he kind of turns and he doffs his hat and he leaves. Nice to meet you, Mert. He's kind of a jerk. Yeah, that was kind of tacky, really. I see Brick's face as uh, the paper bird is placed down because Brick has a view on it that I don't. And I kind of turn around to look and I see like the back of him leaving. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to snatch the bird and inspect it. Okay. I am a little hesitant to unfold it. I'm just hovering over Eddie's shoulder. If you're enjoying this Heroes Not Included episode, you can follow us on Twitter at HNI underscore podcast for the latest news and show updates. Also, please consider becoming a patron. 
Our patrons not only help us keep the lights on, they also gain special behind-the-screen access, including patron-only podcasts, videos, and more. To become a patron, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash heroes not included. Well, seeing as how you've probably never seen anything quite like it before, no, you're it's really super quite, cool. You're really quite amazed that it looks like a bird, but it it's clearly made of paper. Does it look like it has maybe markings on it? You see uh, a little ink bleed through. Totally cool. I'm what color going, is it? Just regular paper. Uh, paper. Parchment. Parchment. Yeah. Mm. So I'm kind going of a to yellowish color. At first, uh, before I open it, I'm going to bring it over and say, Gunesh, do you mind detecting magic on this thingy? Hello, I'm right here. Like, oh, I'm a mage. It's sorry, literally sorry. my thing. <laughs> <laughs> but go ahead. <laughs> no, Pandy, go for it. I just, you know. You literally had a mage over, hovering over your Okay, shoulder. so before we head over there, I'm going to actually... Are we going to re- redact this? We're going to redact that, yes. <laughs> so um, before I head back over there, I'm going to say, Pandy, before I open this, do you mind doing some... Detection on it. I want to see if it's hey, magical. Good idea. I take out my book. I start performing the ritual over the okay. piece of paper. Uh, there is no magic. Cool. I don't know why I'm so scared of this thing. Nope. Just a paper bird. So I'm gonna open it. You open it up, and inside it says, "Rainier tells us you are a good bet. He bought you tickets to the opera tonight at the Light Singer Theater in the Sea Ward. If you're interested." Meet Mert at intermission. Private box C. Formal attire is required for attendance. Hmm. Very interesting. I'm not sure if I have any formal attire. Does it sound like this... I assume that this note is in reference to us retrieving a missing person. So I'm going to return to our little dinner table and say... I hope nobody has plans this evening. I just received an invitation that seems pretty juicy. I would love to check it out. And I put the note in the center of the table and have everyone take a look. And I look at it. What's a opera? <laughs> it's like a concert. Oh. Just imagine a bunch of really pretentious Eddies running around on stage. Um. <laughs> that might be fun. <laughs> so, I'm a little nervous about attire. It's already Same. evening yeah. time. Yeah. Yes. Honestly, my scholar's robes is the closest thing I would have to something formal, and I'm not going to wear them to an opera. I have no idea. Can I show up in my uniform? I mean... Do you need security? Because that's usually <laughs> the only way I get into these things. Maybe people will think that we are fancy if we have a security guard. Or they're going to yeah. think I'm leading you out because you don't belong there. Uh, that's more likely, yeah. isn't it? Either way, you get in. So wait, so we're going there to meet Mert at intermission? Mm-hmm. Okay. Boxy. Private boxy. Private boxy. But... I kind of want to see an opera. I mean, well, you've tickets for the whole thing. But we should meet Mert at intermission. That is the purpose of going, yep. yes. Yeah. Although he's a bit rude. Maybe we could just not meet him and go to the opera anyway. Rishal, uh gets up from the book 
at the reading and makes her way over and says, I didn't mean to eavesdrop, but I couldn't help but overhear that you're going to the opera this evening. Yeah. Apparently. Luck willing. I don't know if you know, but formal attire is required. That is funny you should mention it. We are discussing that at this very moment. I, I happen to have a few pieces of formal attire. I imagine with a, a, a little shake of the wand, they, they might work. Um, Still might not fit perfectly, but uh, at least... As long as they get us in. Bring, I will bring some over. That's so kind of you. Thank you so Brilliant. much. Brilliant. You're wonderful. A few minutes later, Rashal returns with several bundles of clothing. And you notice, Pandy, that yours happens to match the color of your eyes, while everyone else's seems a little... Slightly off. You also notice that uh, as you try it on that it fits quite well. The rest of you notice that in some places your clothing is a little tight, or it's a little long, or it's a little baggy. This is the struggle my entire life. Yeah, Um, I have an odd shape. As a halfling, it's it can be a challenge. Yeah. Um, You notice that the. I feel like I'm the easiest one here. Yeah. Just a little slip of an elf. Yeah. But, Pandy, you notice that not only does it match the color of your eyes, but it fits well as well. Now, you haven't seen anyone else yet, but... You know. Right. Meanwhile, I am in an ill-fitting <laughs> dress. Yeah. I'm going to... The dress has been hemmed, but uh, the hem was quick. It was a quick hem. Yeah. And I'm going to also sort of over-apply blush and lipstick. <laughs> Just go, go to town. I'm, go, I'm going to town. <laughs> there we go. I'm one, yeah. How, how much of this tube? I guess we just use half a stick on? Oh, just, just make sure you get the whole mouth. Everything. Okay. Everyone okay. loves a, a nice full lip. Yes. So. All right. <laughs> so you all meet downstairs after putting your clothes on and kind of uh, getting all gussied up into the tap room. And you notice uh, when Pandy comes downstairs that Pandy actually looks really good. Uh, the clothes fit, it matches her eyes. It's really, uh, it's really quite lovely. Dang, Pandy, you look amazing. Do I look okay? You look so beautiful, you weird. look great. Yeah, it feels funny, but thank you. Oh, come on, you look great. You look very, very nice as well. Oh, oh. I, I love your um, makeup. Yes, Thank yes. you. Two big red blotches <laughs> of, of blush. And I'm imagining a lot of lipstick on the teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That, it, it's been a while. It's oh, been a while. That smile is ra- radi- radiant. Thank you. Yes, yeah. It's radiant because her lipstick is actually orange. <laughs> <laughs> All I have is this coral. It'll go. <laughs> We've just made and Eddie into a horror the, story. And don't forget the pink gown that you're wearing. It looks, it goes. It all oh, goes. Oh, yeah. Pink I'm coral. still wearing my giant, the same hat I always wear, though, because <laughs> yeah. that's it's important. It's it's a it's, it's a part of it. Brick, you had a hard time with the um, ascot, mm-hmm. so you decided that uh, it must be maybe a handkerchief. So you've stuffed it in your back pocket. The the problem is, is the tie that's used for the ascot is not what was stuck in the back pocket. Instead, the ascot itself. So the ties are kind of hanging out, and you can't seem to figure out how to get your shirt to button because none of the shirts you've ever worn have had cuffs never so anyway and you don't you also don't understand how the shirt came without a collar that's a bizarre thing to you as well you feel like you only got half 
of the clothes you were supposed Just to have. Just so much confusion. <laughs> yeah. But does Brick have it on the right way? Um, yeah, everything is on the right okay. way. Not crisscrossed yeah. or anything. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Misbuttoned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, Brick might might be a little slow, but Brick can dress himself. I can't. With time. <laughs> All things are possible. Yeah. Everybody Which believes thing? in Brick. All right. I've managed to rip the back of mine. Oh no! I'm gonna. Can press to digitate sort of mend that a little bit? No? Sure. Okay. I'm gonna say, Kunesh, come here. Come here. What? Um, turn around for a sec. I'm just gonna help you out with something really quick. I turn very slowly. Yes. And I'm just gonna... And you notice that, that Ganesh has somehow, using some sort of bizarre talent, squeezed into this outfit. I'm actually holding my breath. <laughs> if I let it out, I'll just rip it again. <laughs> <laughs> You're magicked into your outfit. Better than double-sided tape. Suck it in, press the digitate, and don't breathe for the rest of the night. I'm imagining you're taking really little steps. Yes. Oh. Okay. There are the courses. We look great. <laughs> yes. Let's. Go to the opera! Yes. It, it looks as though Pandy is attending the op- opera with a troupe of, of comedy. Children. Uh, mm-hmm. a, a, a comedy troupe. Okay. <laughs> I got a little swagger in my step then. I feel All good. Right. Right. I also feel have fierce. a little swagger in my step. But <laughs> <laughs> a little more horrifying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I try to just like walk a little bit faster than Eddie so that I'm kind of out front, but she keeps just catching up. <laughs> Which is weird because she's so small. Yeah, short legs, but boy, can she's she move them? So eager. All right. First of all, he's very fast. Yeah. Speedy swag. Well, okay, great. You make your way finally uh, to the opera house in the Sea Ward. It is a glamorous and luxur- luxurious building. Velvet carpets and huge tapestries and colonnades and you know. Columns everywhere, and you know, huge marble staircase, and all that sort of jazz. And your tickets have provided you uh, with access to Lord Never Ember's personal box. Whoa! Mm-hmm. And uh, in the personal box, you see waiting for you upon your arrival is champagne and fruit, Ooh. some fresh fruit, which is unbelievably luxurious and rare. And the opera begins. Gunesh is very sad because Gunesh cannot eat or drink anything while in this formal attire. <laughs> just burst off. Tonight. I I imagine like about halfway through the first act, Gunesh is just going to bust out and just be like, "I cannot take it anymore. I need to eat a piece of fruit." Well, about fifteen minutes into the first act, you notice that Brick is sound asleep. Of course. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're not entirely sure why you got all gussied up, mm-hmm. um, but it's about 15 minutes into these people singing, for whatever reason, all of a sudden you just felt so sleepy. I'm just like, oh, that's nice. And then yeah, and they just lull you to sleep. Eddie, you're not entirely sure what the opera is about. It's, it's in a language you, you don't understand at all. Um, you notice that two of, of the ladies singing Italian. seem to be fighting over one of the guys who is singing. Pandy, you're following along brilliantly, and so you are constantly relating information to Eddie. I'm so glad. As to, okay, this is what this is happening, and this is what's this happening. Mm-hmm. Just wrapped, like, 
Yes. Totally on every word. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And about halfway through the first act, you notice that Ganesh starts undressing. I'm not undressing, no. Oh. I'm just ripping it. Okay, well, just start eating just, and drinking and relaxing. relax. Mm-hmm. And you hear... Just hear. Just hear. <laughs> yes. It, it's, it's like a scene... It's almost as though you are sitting next to Lou Ferrigno. Yeah, that's what yeah. I was imagining. He's beginning to hulk out, and, and you, you see the shirts are beginning to rip. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an experience, nonetheless. Every once in a while, you notice that you have to kind of elbow brick real hard because he'll get snoring so loud that you'll mm-hmm. notice people in other boxes and in other parts of the opera house kind of begin looking in the general direction of the box. I'm just singing along in my own way. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Anyway, you approach the intermission, and at the start of the intermission, you see uh, more sparkling wine is brought in, and you see some um, uh, cured meats are brought in, and you see waiting in the wings as the wait staff are opening and closing the door, you see uh, one of the Opera House pages. I am going to approach one of, I'm going to approach that page mm-hmm. and say, now that we have a moment, where is Private Box C? Do you know? Yeah, yes, miss. Uh, Private Box C is uh, one floor beneath you. That's excellent. Thank you very much. I'm trying to be very proper. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> Meanwhile, in the background, I'm actually using Brick's sleeve. I'm like raising Brick's arm to use his sleeve to wipe drool <laughs> off of his mouth. So that's happening directly in the background. Okay. Okay. So I am going to, in classic fashion, I'm a little nervous about interacting with Mert because he was kind of a jerk. So everyone loves food. I'm going to take a little napkin. Okay. And fill it with fruit and meats. Okay. And maybe two glasses of sparkling wine. And I'm going to... Is everyone all right if I go chat with Mert? Or does everyone want to join? Well, I trust you. Um, be careful, though. You might be a murderer. And I just look at you. And I just wait. And I just look back at you. Because his, name, his name's Mert. It was yeah, a, it I think was you should go with words. her, Pandy. I think that's a good good idea, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so I just sort of stand there blank-faced and then do like a, ha! And so I'm going to head down there if nobody's following me, I guess. I look and see if Pandy follows. I'll, I'll, I'll take, I'll take um, actually, the advice. Yeah, I'll take Ganesha's advice and follow along. And I assume... As you're going down, I'm just like, because... His name is Mert, so it's like... Just come on, Pandy. Like, one who Mert's. Grab... so much... Uh, yeah, okay, grab grab a glass. I grab shouldn't a glass. have any more. Okay, I'm kind of drunk already, actually. Oh, my God. Yeah. Brick, are you well, still snoring? Fair, yeah. I think I'm probably still snoring. Yeah. Okay, so Brick, you're still snoring. Uh, Pandy and Eddie, you're going downstairs to talk to Mert. Uh, Ganesh, what are you doing? I'm sitting here with Brick. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to continue uh, eating and drinking because... Also, I feel like <laughs> there's some, maybe some discomfort in the public eye because half of your body now. is exposed. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't think me wandering the halls would be the greatest thing here. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And I, Pandy and I look perfect. Mm-hmm. Yes, we so. both look equally one of the, great. <laughs> one of the Opera House pages has tucked a napkin into part of your... Faux collar, there, Brick, <laughs> to catch the drool. <laughs> what a nice page. 
not not waking you up. No. Just letting you sleep. Okay. Gentle I, I just little picture I picture Brick waking up every once in a while, like during the after performance, being like, "Oh, this sounds lovely." <laughs> just like drifting back off. Thank you for listening to Heroes Not Included. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to rate and review us. We'd love to hear from you. You can find all our episodes on Podbean and on our website at heroesnotincluded.com. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe today using your favorite podcast app. Also, you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash heroes not included. And finally, our podcast is supported by Josh Heddle, Allison McManus, Shane Fetters, Jake McNinch, Amy Trout, and Matt Mitten, along with all our awesome patrons. To become a patron and gain access to our special patron-only podcast, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash heroes not included. Until next time, be the hero.